The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We got the power to change the world. Many times we need to keep our health in check but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hello, welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. We've had different guests talking about different modalities of healing. Healing. Uh, we've had Dr. Rowan talk about ozone therapy. We've had Dr. Saputo talk about light therapy. And each of these affected ATP and blood circulation. And they really had some remarkable results in healing. So tonight we're going to talk about another such technology. It's called frequency-specific microcurrent. And this appears to be changing the way that physicians and patients think about treatment options for pain and many other medical conditions. There's been exciting data and over 20 years of clinical evidence showing that these frequencies and resonance can be used along with or perhaps instead of medications, along with nutrients, etc. This can change the tissues and symptoms. With, we, with us today, we have Carolyn McMakin. Uh, she has a new book called The Resonant Effect that describes how these frequencies were discovered and developed. This is changing medicine and how you can use resonance to change your life. Uh, Dr. Uh, Carolyn McMakin developed frequency-specific microcurrency, we abbreviated FSM, in 1996. In 1997, she began teaching it. She has a part-time practice consults with and treats professional teams and elite athletes. She does clinical research and teaches seminars in the U.S. and abroad. She has lectured at the National Institutes of Health and at conferences on fibromyalgia and the differential and treatment of chronic pain syndromes in the U.S., Australia, England, and Germany. She has authored seven peer review articles, four book chapters, and has two abstracts in the area of chronic pain and differential diagnosis. Her textbook, Frequency-Specific Microcurrent in Pain Management, was published by Elsevier in 2010. Her book, The Resonant Effect, was just published by North Atlantic Books this year. So welcome, Dr. McMakin. Thank you very much, Susan. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, great to have you here. So can you describe how FSM was developed? And provide some case reports and frequency protocol. Well, just say, just tell us how it was developed. Um, it was very happenstantial. I started chiropractic practice in 1995 and was given frequencies from a list. Ultimately, was given a list of frequencies that there was an osteopath who bought a practice in 1946 
that came with a machine that was made in 1922, and that machine came with a list of frequencies. Um, he taught himself to use the frequencies in 1946 and became quite famous in the U.S. and Canada in the 50s and 60s, and he used the frequencies to do all sorts of things. So this machine that was made in 1922 that came with the list, in 1930, it was in use until 1934. In 1934, the American Medical Association decreed that drugs and surgery was the way that medicine was going to go. And anybody that used electromagnetic therapies, nutrition, homeopathy, or herbs would lose their license to practice. So the machines went all over the country. There were thousands of them. Machines went into the back room, got covered up by the sheet. This osteopath came in, pulled the sheet off, learned to use the machine, and somebody that worked with him gave me the list in 1995. So we started treating patients first for myofascial pain using frequencies pretty obvious for minerals and hardening in the fascia. And um, our results were so extraordinary that I started teaching it in 97 to find out if it was reproducible. 98, we figured out that treating nerve pain was really pretty easy because nerve pain required the use of the frequency to reduce inflammation on channel A and the frequency to to address the nerve on channel B. So the technology requires a two-channel microcurrent machine where you can set um, separate frequencies on each of the two channels, and you have the tissue that is causing the problem, and then you have the condition that is causing the problem in the tissue. So in 98, we, uh, I started treating neuropathic pain. Um, nine, late 98, found out that diabetic neuropathies doesn't do you any good to treat the nerve. You have to treat the blood vessels because it's the blood vessels in diabetic neuropathies that cause the nerve pain. And in 99, we discovered that fibromyalgia from spine trauma is a one of six or seven pretty distinct causes of fibromyalgia. And that particular group um, could be helped by using the frequency to reduce inflammation in the spinal cord. That's the only two frequencies that would work, 40 hertz on channel A, 10 hertz on channel B. The end of 1999, we had 25 cases where the patient's pain went from an average of a 7.3 out of 10 down to a 1.3 out of 10. And... Um, uh, in 60 to 90 minutes. So I took those 25 cases and um, presented them at a lecture in England in January. I presented them at NIH in March. And um, at the end of the lecture at the National Institutes of Health, I said to the group, we've done this 25 times. Their pain goes from an average of a 7 to an average of a 1. There's nobody it doesn't work on if this is what they have. So it's specific to the diagnosis. And nobody's going to believe me unless we have something objective. So Terry Phillips came up and um, uh, after the lecture and said, I will send you some blotter paper. You get me a spot of blood on blotter paper. I can tell you what they had for breakfast. So he sent back the data, and the data was unbelievable. And 
um, because it showed all of the inflammatory cytokines, all of the peptides that are associated with inflammation and specific neurologic inflammation, um, were reducing at a 45-degree downward angle at logarithmic rates by factors of 10 and 20 times in 90 minutes. And um, substance P, which is a peptide associated with pain transmission, it's produced in the spinal cord. And it went down from 88 to 8, went down by a factor of 10 times in 90 minutes. And um, that verifies that what we're doing is specifically treating the spinal cord. So um, that data I presented at IFM in 2000. And And what is IFM for our listeners? Oh, sorry. Institute for Functional Medicine, their international symposium in, uh, where were we? We're in Scottsdale. So since then, we had um, animal research. Uh, I started teaching courses down in Australia. We had animal research done at University of Sydney in the Veterinary Science Department, and they they paint uh, arachidonic acid uh, on mouse's ears, and then they measure the swelling. The arachidonic acid starts uh, inflammation in the mouse's tissue of a very specific type, and um, and then we treated them with one specific frequency combination frequency to reduce inflammation in the immune system this time, not the spinal cord, the immune system. And the swelling or inflammation in the mouse's ears dropped by 62% in four minutes in every animal tested. Um, It was time dependent, so half of the response was there at two minutes, the full response was there at four minutes, and... um, then there was another chemical they painted on the mouse's ears, and it was the same frequency, 40 hertz on channel A, 116 hertz on channel B for the immune system, and that reduced the swelling by 30% in the mouse's ears, but that was equivalent to an injectable prescription medication that they use after surgery called Toradol. And um, so the progression over the years has been we started with musculoskeletal muscle pain, nerve pain, fibromyalgia. But then as we, as you'll see in the resonance effect, um, any inflammatory condition can be treated with this um, because of the variety of tissues that we have frequencies for. So patients come in with asthma. Well, I was a pharmaceutical salesman for 16 years. And asthma... When you go to the emergency room with asthma, they give you something for inflammation, they give you something to, to stop the spasm, and they give you something for reducing the allergy response or histamine. Well, there are frequencies for all of those on this list. So asthma patient came in, and she was on her way to the emergency room, and I said, I have something new. Would you mind if I tried it? She said, no, go ahead. I'm desperate. So we ran the frequencies for inflammation, spasm, and allergy reaction in her bronchi and trachea, and the asthma went away. And after that, any time she had an asthma attack, she came to the office, we treated her, we haven't found anybody it doesn't work on. The patient came in with um, ulcerative colitis, um, Crohn's, 
kind of, um, it was actually fairly advanced ulcerative colitis. She was about to lose her J pouch. <clears throat> and you treat the intestines for inflammation and uh, bleeding and ulceration. And she didn't require surgery and she got better in about two weeks. So as patients would come in with different conditions, ovarian cysts, if you think about what is involved in an ovarian cyst, it's inflammation in the ovary because the egg doesn't burst out, it stays in, and then the hormones and whatever involved in the cyst create inflammation in the ovary. Well, we treat for inflammation in the ovary, and you can feel the cyst, an ovarian cyst, go down from probably the biggest one I've held is maybe three, four centimeters, go from there to normal in about 20 minutes. So Incredible. It's been, I mean, part of the challenge we have is that the frequencies are good for, are good for so many things. It sounds odd, but it's, it's, um, it's just a different paradigm for how you treat conditions and a different way of thinking about what causes a condition. So, for example, Tordal or a drug to re- that reduces inflammation, lands on a receptor on the outside of a cell, kind of like a, a key in a lock, and it lands on the receptor on the outside of the cell, and because of the way it interacts with that receptor, like a key in a lock, it changes the way the cell functions inside, changes the genes that the cell is expressing, and reduces inflammation that way. Well, the frequencies appear to do the same thing, but instead of using a key in the lock, it's like using your key fob that opens your car door with a signal from 20 feet away. In actuality, if you think about it, it's faster to use your key fob, the signal, than it is to use the key. So This is incredible. How has the medical community reacted to this? You said in the past they were not very receptive. How is the reception today? Well, it's really interesting. The people, I was a pharmaceutical salesman for 16 years. So I found when I was doing the pharmaceutical sales that physicians either liked the products or they didn't. And if they were receptive, then we had a conversation. And then I just let the product prove itself. Well, I've done the same thing with FSM. So um, back in 2000, when we discovered this way of treating fibromyalgia from spine trauma, there were a number of MDs that came and took the class because of our ability to reduce cytokines. The MDs that are open-minded, that will believe the data that is not put out by a drug company, they take the course, they install it in their practice, and they begin using it to treat whatever is within their specialty. So... It's particular MDs, not the quote-unquote medical community. So we have units, probably a third, probably six or 800, about a third of our, we have 3,000 practitioners in the U.S. and abroad, and about a third of them are medical physicians. So we have um, devices and trained practitioners at Walter Reed and at Cleveland Clinic and at uh, Whitaker Wellness and in uh, functional medicine and integrative medicine practi- practices around the country. There's neurologists and 
pain specialists and cardiologists and gastroenterologists and OBGYNs and not too many surgeons, um, lots of family practitioners because there's one frequency combination. The only thing it is good for is shingles, oral and genital herpes and shingles in the active phase. And we're hundreds of patients, thousands of patients into it because it was developed in, I don't know, that frequency was from 1999. We haven't found anybody it doesn't work on. So you take a patient who has acute shingles or shingles on the prodrome and you run this frequency on them and they're pain-free in, I don't know, 20 minutes. You have to run it for two hours to completely abort the attack and you no longer have shingles 24 hours later. We even have that a published paper on it. That is yeah. impressive. Now, you say this is a different paradigm. Uh, it sounds like uh, when you say frequencies, you're referring to microcurrent. Does this imply that our body is made of frequencies that resonate in different ways and that we're kind of energy that, you know, that res- vibrates and resonates? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you think about the body and how it's put together, your body's made up of, made up of biochemicals that are, are bonded together to make fascia, and there's different chemicals that are bonded together and connected together to turn into blood vessels, and your body is basically made up of biochemicals. Well, biochemicals are made up of atoms, molecules, atoms, subatomic particles, and all of these atoms and molecules are held together by electromagnetic bonds. And every bond, mechanical bond, electromagnetic bond, has a frequency at which it resonates. And the frequencies appear to resonate with, especially cell membrane receptors, there is one frequency that appears to resonate with the cross-links that hold scar tissue in a shortened configuration, because the only thing this frequency is good for is dissolving scar tissue. So the body is indeed um, an electromagnetic system that appears solid. So you have the water in your body. We've heard that uh, your body is 85% water. The water in your body is organized. It's not like water in a glass. It's the water molecules line, little gel matrix, like a, a net inside the cell and on top of the cells, these water molecules line this net and they vibrate. And when they vibrate, they create a hole in a very regular place because the molecules are held together. It makes it, makes it like jelly. Um, and when the, mole- when the water molecules vibrate as they're attached to this matrix, there's a hole that appears in a very regular place that effectively turns your whole body into a big computer chip, like silicon or germanium. Everybody knows that Silicon Valley is named for the mineral silicon that's used in computer chips. Well, silicon is what they use in computer chips because it has a hole in a very regular place because of the way the silicon forms uh, a net, uh, a matrix, and it controls the flow of current and information by the way those holes are utilized by the current and by the frequencies 
that you run in your computer. So your body is effectively the same kind of thing. We, the one requirement for frequency-specific microcurrent to be effective is the patient has to be hydrated so that these water molecules are um, lining the cells in your body and they're available to carry current and information. So it's a, it is, it's a whole new paradigm. And the biophysics, it's interesting, medicine stopped using frequencies in the 30s, but the biophysics people kept on. So starting in early 1940s, a physicist named Albert St. Georgie started publishing this, his findings as to how biological tissue operates by way of frequencies, how it conveys current and information because these water molecules are organized. Irina Kosick is a physicist. If you, if you Google any of her work, she's actually said the body, each, each process in tissue in the body has a characteristic frequency at which it vibrates. And I so have a question. This makes me kind of wonder. I heard a lecturer who was saying that water uh, structure can be affected by our thoughts. For example, if you have some water and you put it on the word hate, it becomes disorganized. If you right. put it on the word or think of love, it becomes very structurally organized. Does yeah. that same thing happen in our body? I think so. Um, Emoto is the one that took those, yes, took it those was, pictures. It was Emoto who gave the lecture, yes. Right. And so um, if you write the word love and gratitude on a vial, it, um, it makes the water appear differently when that water is frozen and, and forms a crystal. I think it's a similar phenomenon, although I'm not sure I would get a tattoo to do something <laughs> like that. But the so frequent- this implies that we can uh, assist the working of uh, the microcurrents as well as any other therapy by positive thoughts and love and, you know, mm-hmm. thinking of the divine? Yep. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a, an appendix in my, in my book, in The Resonance Effect. Um, I give patients, because I deal with chronic pain patients and fibromyalgia patients and chronic fatigue patients, some of them get homework. And their homework is to read words off of a list that are just alphabetical of positive association words. So the, the letter A, alive, aligned, alert, B is buoyant, blessed, beautiful, C is cherished, cheerful, um, colorful. So you go through and you, you read these positive association words because when somebody has had a lot of chronic pain, their brain functions differently and it tends them towards negative thoughts. It's not their fault. They don't have pain because they have negative thoughts. They have negative thoughts because they have pain. It's a function of this neurotransmitter in the brain that shows up when you've been in pain for a long time or you've been sick. And so as a way of helping your brain retrain itself, we have patients read these, the words from this appendix. Um, but the effect of frequencies on the tissue is extraordinary. The, the, I was in um, New Jersey yesterday, the day before yesterday, working on patients at an integrative medicine center, and the patient had low back pain. Now, it was not mechanical. It wasn't, I could press on it, I could move her in all sorts of ways, and she had no pain 
that was from the joints or the muscles. This was from something in her abdomen that was referring pain to her back. So I treated her, I, I examined her abdomen, and nothing was tender until I got to the lower right, lower right quadrant of her abdomen, pressed in a little bit deeply, and there was a really tender spot. Well, the only structure that was there was her appendix. Okay, so we have a frequency for the appendix, so I put that on channel B, which is how we do it. There's a tissue on channel B. And then her history said that she had an exposure to mold that started her illness. This child was 14, and she'd been sick for five years. She'd had low back pain for five years. So started with mold exposure. I ran the frequency for removing mold from her appendix, and her abdomen got warm. And in something under 60 seconds, the tender spot in her abdomen was gone, and her low back pain went away. Wow, that's incredible. That's um, how, are, that's how are these frequencies determined? How do, you, how do you find out what frequency to use? Well, the, there's a list. So this is the course that I teach. I teach what will, by September, be a four-day course. It used to be two days, then it went to three. And now there's so much information in it for even a beginning student that it's going to be four days in September. Right now it's three. Um, And so there's this list. Now... Are you determining new frequencies? Nope. I have my hands full enough. There's, there's 600 frequencies. You have your hands full enough figuring out how to use the frequencies you have. So there's a frequency for the appendix. I could have treated it for infection, for virus, for toxicity, for inflammation. The fact that I guessed from her history that it was mold in the appendix, that was just a lucky guess. But because the frequencies work so quickly, you have a way of verifying or validating your lucky guess instantly. If that frequency had not worked, I had another 10 to choose from that are already on the list. So, um, I, And because they're so specific and because the effects are so profound, I have an inherent uh, distaste, mistrust of machines that say that they are going to diagnose the patient by doing some sort of invisible scan, and then the machine will decide what to treat and then just not bother to tell you what it's treated. Well, on that note, we're coming to a break, so (laughs) we will be back right after the break, so stay tuned. Thanks. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. We'd love to hear from you about today's show. Send your email to drsusan at occupyhealth.com. That's drsusan at occupyhealth.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to Occupy Health. With us, we have Carolyn McMakin, who's talking about frequency-specific microcurrents. So it sounds like it's done a lot of healing miracles. I mean, it's based on a premise that uh, the body's made of energy and cells vibrate in a certain way and every organ has a specific frequency. Mm-hmm. But can you tell me, is there any science behind this? What is the science behind it? I, this the science is basically what we've accumulated in the last 20 years. So the NIH data, the data from NIH on the reduction of cytokines with one and only one frequency combination, that is, that is actually profound. In the medical literature, cytokines are hard to change. When they change, they change slowly over one to two months. They don't change in 60 minutes, and they don't change by factors of 10 and 20 times. And when they change, when you use a drug to do it, the drugs take the cytokines below the normal level, and the frequencies, I believe because we're changing cell signaling, simply normalize cytokine levels. So that's hard data. We have one controlled trial trial in delayed-onset muscle soreness. Um, and that was compared to nonspecific microcurrent that was done in 1999 by um, Allen. And nonspecific microcurrent, just three-tenths of a hertz and 30 hertz on two channels, um, had no effect on delayed-onset muscle soreness. So, you know, you do unfamiliar eccentric exercise, and your muscles are sore the next day and more sore the day after that, and then sore the day after that, and then you start getting better. Well... They used frequency-specific microcurrent, specific frequencies to stop bleeding and treat for inflammation and micro tears and for 20 minutes, and um, the, uh, they compared it to placebo, so they had the machine on one leg um, that was active and the machine on the other leg that was a placebo, and um, because you can't feel the current, it makes it really easy to do... Um, controlled research and the like the sham leg the placebo leg the pain level was a seven the treated leg it was a one on day so two. this also increases atp and decreases inflammation as yep. well yep so it increases atp production that's the basic science from 1982 and then it was repeated in 2001 and 2002 um, the basic science on the current by itself just dc microcurrent, it has to be below 500 microamps, increases ATP production or energy production in the cells by 500%, by five times. And current above 500 microamps 
um, makes the ATP production level off by the time you get to 1,000 microamps or 1 milliamp, which is what you get with TENS or interferential or any of the other kinds of electrical stim that you think of, it actually makes ATP production go down. So when you're talking about treating something like irritable bowel or Crohn's, so I treated, um, in this last two days, I treated an IBS patient and a Crohn's patient. The IBS patient has been in pain for... Irritable bowel syndrome, I think IBS stands for. Sorry, irritable irritable bowel um, is uh, inflammatory. This child, she was 17, had been in pain for... I don't know, since she was about seven or eight, so 10 years, better than half her life. And um, there was a number of frequencies that were involved, but ultimately treat for inflammation in the small intestine, and her pain level went to zero. Are there people who do not benefit from this treatment? I'm sorry? Are there people who do not benefit from this treatment? Um, By and large, you can't put tissue back that's not there. So later on that same day, I treated a man with ALS, quite advanced, and there was no immediate change. With ALS and MS, you can slow the progression because you treat for inflammation. So you can slow the progress, but I can't put tissue back that's not there. A torn rotator cuff is a torn rotator cuff, but if it's a partial tear, that we can fix. And if they need surgery, you can treat them after surgery and they don't bruise, they don't swell, and the healing is accelerated, I would say, by 50%. So like a fracture will heal in three weeks instead of six. Post-office. So how long does it take for the torn rotator cuff? Because uh, physicians tell me that's a year and a half uh, ordeal. Really? Yeah. After the surgery or just to repair no, a partial tear? No, before surgery, if you've got a torn uh, supraspinatus tendon, they say, oh, you got to deal with it for a year and a half. I found ways to treat it like within a month, but they say you've got to wait a year and a half. Well, I mean, if it's if it's not, I missed part of what you said. If it's not surgical, so it's a partial thickness tear. Yeah, or almost full. Yeah. Okay, so partial thickness tear, assuming that the patient is compliant and will stop making it worse. So you know, if you're going to bail out a boat, it's important to stop shooting holes in the bottom of it. Um, partial thickness tear is about six eight weeks. That's I mean, very good. Are there any risks to the patients? Um, not that we've found. Um, I don't allow people to treat patients who are pregnant. So once a woman is known to be pregnant, we don't treat them because we're able to reduce what are called prostaglandins so dramatically. That's what got reduced in the mice by 60% and 30%. Well, there are certain prostaglandins that are responsible for maintaining a pregnancy, for keeping you pregnant. There is no guarantee that we're going to reduce just the prostaglandins that we know we're reducing. So we don't want to interfere with or interrupt any of the prostaglandins that are maintaining the pregnancy. Also, so, um, how does this compare to a Rife machine? Completely different. I mean, this is the whole rife conversation. Let me finish the, the okay. precautions and contraindications. The other thing is that when we treat people, there is one side effect. It's rather pleasant. Jeff Bland calls it, uh, he's a, the gentleman that started the Institute for Functional Medicine. Jeff Bland calls it induced euphoria. Uh, basically, you get stoned. 
your endorphins go up. They measured this uh, with the NIH data. Endorphins go up by a factor of 10 to 20 times in 60 to 90 minutes. So when you get all floaty and effectively stoned, um, it's fine and it's temporary, but in a fetus with a developing nervous system, there are certain sensitive periods in fetal development where you're going to be setting the thresholds for parts of the brain. And we don't know what effect that huge spike in endorphins is going to have on a developing fetal nervous system. So once a woman is known to be pregnant, you just you don't treat her. The first eight weeks, it's not going to be a problem because the drive is so strong and the fetal nervous system is not developed. Um, other than that, you don't run current through um, the eyes. We have a paper showing that the frequency-specific microcurrent is effective in um, mild to moderate macular degeneration, but you put it kind of around the eyes. Um, uh, it, you have to be used in, with caution in people with pacemakers. So other than that, there's not a whole lot that is of concern. Patients, the, the floaty, stoned, uh, relaxed, dwarfed, endorphined feeling goes away in 20 to 30 minutes, so patients are usually just fine to drive um, at the end of the session. And um, among the things we don't treat, which takes us back to your rife question, is cancer. So um, for both ethical and political reasons, we don't use the frequencies or frequency-specific microcurrent in the treatment of cancer. Um, Rife used light frequencies. He used a tuned light microscope to basically blow up pleomorphic uh, organisms that he saw that came from a patient with cancer. Then when he treated that patient with that light frequency, so his frequencies were between 8 and 16,000 hertz, the right frequencies were originally were never electrical pulses. After the FDA raided Rife's laboratory, he, had, he didn't teach anybody. He had one friend, one colleague with one microscope and one list of the frequencies in, I think it was in Southern California. When they took Rife out, they destroyed his records, they destroyed his equipment, they effectively destroyed his mind and his soul because he had 700 cases that were, you know, he was waiting to publish them until he got to 1,000. But he used light frequencies. He never used electrical pulses. So the challenge that I have with the Rife devices that are out there is they are all electrical pulses. And they don't tell you what the frequencies are. They really can't because of the FDA concerns. Um, and they're electrical pulses. And they say that they are analogs or, um, what do you call it, harmonics of the light frequencies. Well, the first question is, where did they get them? How did, they, how, did they, how did somebody track down that guy in San Diego and get the frequencies from him after he dove underground to avoid the FDA and the fate of his friend, Dr. Rife. So um, the, the frequencies that we use are all below 1,000 hertz, and I don't treat cancer. Um, You're approved by the FDA, aren't you? Well, approved is a, is a very careful word. The devices are 
uh, have 510K um, approval by the FDA as if they were TENS devices, which they aren't. That doesn't stop them. They have a thousand times less current than TENS, but they're approved in the category of TENS, which is just fine. You just have to restrain any claims you want to make about the device for as if it was a TENS device. The FDA does not have a position on the effectiveness of frequencies in um, therapeutics. So I did um, oh, 14 hours, uh, 16 hours of interviews uh, with the FDA in 2010, and we um, at 12 pages of affidavit at the end of it, and we there were no fines, no changes to any of our teaching material or advertising material that were required. So um, as long as I am a clinician sharing my clinical outcomes and experience with other clinicians, it's protected under the First Amendment as long as I open my seminar with a disclaimer saying that this that these frequencies haven't been shown to what is it, treat, cure, mitigate, diagnose any condition or disease. So I'll put that in the front, and then I proceed to spend the next three days telling you what they're good for. That's great. Yeah, but in point of fact, it's actually reasonable. When, Aside from the frequency for inflammation, when I got rid of that girl's low back pain and abdominal pain by running the frequency that I think of as being useful for eliminating the effects of mold in the appendix. Um, I have no proof that what I did had anything to do with mold or the appendix. All I can say is that 23 hertz on channel A and 68 hertz on channel B eliminated this abdominal pain in this place and eliminated her back pain in something under two minutes. This sounds like phenomenal results. How does this compare to EMF, which is pulse electromagnetic frequencies? Pardon? How does this compare to PEMF, which is pulse electromagnetic frequencies? Right. So um, pulse EMF is nonspecific, rather like nonspecific frequency, nonspecific microcurrent. It does whatever it does by moving electrons, by pulsing a magnetic field. When you pulse a magnetic field, anytime there's a magnetic field, it moves electrons. Well, you move the electrons... And that will do something, but it's very nonspecific. Um, so it, it compares to nonspecific pulse DMF roughly the same way it compares to nonspecific microcurrent. Um, it's just quite different. In the last 20 years, after doing this for 20 years, my respect for what we're doing with the frequencies has just expanded exponentially, we actually have a little magnetic converter that will take frequency-specific electrical pulses and convert them into frequency-specific pulsed EMF, magnetic pulses. And oddly enough, those appear to be equivalent to the electrical pulses. So um, it's it's like nonspecific. So there's, there's a lot of pulsed EMF devices out there now that just create a pulsed magnetic field and it moves electrons and theoretically would therefore 
probably increase ATP production because it is moving the electrons in your body. <clears throat> but the Can anybody get your um, get this machine and take your courses? Um, uh, that's a good question. Um, in order to the, the FDA would prefer that we that we teach the course to um, practitioners whose licenses allow them to use electrical stim on patients. So the course is aimed at medical physicians, chiropractors, osteopaths, physical therapists, occupational therapists, acupuncturists, and massage therapists in certain states. So there's a fair amount of diagnosis. So I could hand you a list of frequencies, but you wouldn't know what to do with them. So probably 40%, 50% of the class is diagnosis. If you're going to treat low back pain, what is it? Is it the facet joint? Is it the disc? Is it the muscle? Is it the small intestine? So um, non-medical people can take it, but it's sometimes a bit overwhelming because of the the anatomy and the diagnostic stuff that's included. But anybody can do it. We're trying to figure out a way of getting devices directly to patients that um, are programmed or programmable. Um, but basically the courses and the, the equipment sales are restricted to people who have taken the course. And there are some microcurrent um, devices available on the Internet. Well, there's some to anybody. It's like great it's like a gun without a brain. How do, you, how do you use it? Once you have the device, how do you use it? So with Precision Distributing is the device distributor that we work with, and Precision Distributing will only sell devices to people who have read the textbook, Frequency-Specific Microcurrent in Pain Management. These days, I guess they could have read the resonance effect um, because that covers the frequencies and the protocols for asthma and irritable bowel and Crohn's and concussion and things like that, um, or the, the pain management book. And then you can purchase a device once you can demonstrate that you've taken the course. So you can take the course on DVD if you can't come in person. I do eight courses, eight or ten courses in the U.S., one a month roughly. Um, so you can take the course in person. You can take the course on DVD. Um, um, we've got practicum instructors. So if you take the course, if you read the textbook or you take the course on DVD, you can go and spend half a day with one of our trained instructors, and that instructor will show you how to work the machine and how to use your hands um, to see to help the frequencies do what they're doing and to um, use the current and the frequencies in conjunction with manual therapy. So. Um, yes, that's a long answer to can it, who can buy the machine. It's like, well, it depends. Okay, it sounds very interesting. So how does microcurrent uh, compare to a laser? Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, the, all I can see is they're different. The, FS, the lasers do use different frequencies. I'm not actually familiar enough with the laser to tell you specifically what frequencies they use or what they do. Um, I know they use different frequencies. I know lasers work and are good for certain things. Um, um, Jeff Spencer is a sports medicine uh, therapist who works with elite athletes around the world. And years ago, he took the course 
and he said um, he wouldn't um, he wouldn't leave home without his microcurrent or his laser. So people use them in conjunction all the time, like you can use um, acupuncture needles in um, along with the microcurrent. So we have a number of acupuncturists. They use the FSM to do the bulk of the work, and then they'll place acupuncture needles um, to help with it. So laser is photons, and photons increase ATP production, but by and large they are not frequency-specific. So this, this combination, this feature of having two frequencies applied at the same time where they mix in the field inside the patient. And it's the combination. Both frequencies have to be correct. So um, if you treat somebody for inflammation in the tendon, it may make it a bit more comfortable, but it's not going to fix it. If you treat for the fact that the tendon is torn or broken, if you treat for disruption in the tendon, that will repair a tendon in about two to three hours. It's extraordinary. How many treatments uh, is, does it take until a patient knows that it's working? Well, that's, that's any place from uh, 30 seconds to, um, I'd say, an hour or so. So the, um, like the frequency for shingles, pain starts to drop in 15 to 20 minutes, but it takes two hours to actually abort the attack. Nerve pain... So sciatica or radiculopathies or um, nerve traction injuries where the nerve has been stretched and it's painful, the pain starts to recede, I'd say, in five to ten minutes, but it recedes from the bottom up, from the end of the nerve up towards the beginning of the nerve. So the, um, with sciatica, the pain will start to drop, but because it's in the leg and that is a long nerve... It takes 40, 30 to 45 minutes for the pain to be completely gone, but it starts dropping fairly quickly, like from a 7 to a 6. Sorry. From a 7 to a 6 in um, 5, 10 minutes. But then Does it, it treat the underlying cause of the pain or just treats the symptoms of the pain? No, it treats the underlying cause of the pain. That we have data on. That's what the cytokines... Well, what if it's a trapped nerve? If it's mm, nerves tend to be painful because they're inflamed, so discs don't generally compress nerves; they inflame nerves. Discs are disc bulges are basically the equivalent biologic equivalent of battery acid. So disc material is very inflammatory. So a disc doesn't have to be pressing on a nerve to cause nerve pain. It inflames the nerve, and when you treat inflammation in the nerve, it takes the pain away. Now, you still have to treat the disc and get the disc kind of repaired, but 95% of the discs, according to the um, American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, 95% of the discs don't need surgery to repair them. Also, perhaps another factor is inflammation can cause swelling around the area, which could also impact the nerve and make it hurt. Yeah, it's it's congested, but most of the literature on nerve pain uses an inflammatory model. So they, they create inflammation in the nerve either chemically or, or by traumatizing it in some way. But you're right, the swelling can create an impact on the nerve as well. Nerve pain is one of the easiest things we treat. 
diabetic neuropathies. Now, now my understanding is you put kind of pads on the person and you have electrical current that kind of connects to these and goes through the body through the pads. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So and when you're treating, is- let's say, nerve pain, you treat from where the nerve starts to where the nerve ends. You can use adhesive electrode pads. We oftentimes will use um, uh, warm, wet towels that are connected to the microcurrent machine with alligator clips or with a graphite um, uh, graphite glove that's wrapped in a warm, wet towel, and so you can wrap that around the whole neck and then around the whole feet or wrap it across the low back. You can cover a wider area with a wet towel. It's not very elegant, but it's very effective. Well, I hate to interrupt, but we are coming toward the end. So I'd like to ask two more questions. Sure. What does the patient feel? And then I would like you to close in any information summary that you'd like to and how they get a hold of you. Oh, okay. Uh, The patient can't feel anything, basically. The current is subsensory. It's the same kind of current um, your body creates on its own. So you can't feel it. It makes it great for research. Um, And except for this floaty feeling and the feeling of... Um, having the pain go away. And then the best way to get a hold of us is through our website or our Facebook page. So the website is www.frequencyspecific.com. And uh, we have, you can find a practitioner, you can find a seminar, you can find the published papers and the frequently asked questions. And I highly recommend that people go uh, to Amazon and, and look at the resonance effect. Um, the book is has got a good description of what it is that we're able to do. Any final closing comments to our audience? Oh, the frequencies change medicine and they completely change what is possible in healing and it, they provide hope where there was no hope before. So that's, that's what we're good, good at and that's what we're here for is to help. That's why I train practitioners is to get the help to the patients that need it. And I understand this can also help with conditions such as post-traumatic stress and dental conditions and uh, fibromyalgia and uh, very many different conditions. Yeah, the PTSD patients, um, we haven't found anybody that doesn't work on it. It's been in that protocol takes two hours, but after six to eight sessions, they no longer have PTSD and can't feel it. It's, it's, we haven't found anybody that doesn't work on it. It's quite extraordinary. And dental conditions as well? Yes, sir. Okay. And what other conditions can it treat? Um, well, traumatic brain injuries, um, cognitive decline, kidney stones. There's one frequency that the only thing it's good for is kidney stone pain. The stones are a separate treatment, but the kidney stone pain is immediate. The pain is gone in five minutes. Um, and did you say it treats cognitive decline? Uh-huh. Basically, if you look at um, early stage Alzheimer's or early stage dementia, um, it's inflammatory. It's inflammation in the, in the forebrain or the cortex, and um, we have frequencies for that. And if you can reduce inflammation in the brain, you can slow progression. And if you can combine that with... Uh, treatment strategies and essential essential fatty acids and nutritional approaches, um, you can reverse cognitive decline without actually a whole lot of difficulty. Um, nerve pain, asthma, IBS, Crohn's, liver disease, pancreatitis. We've got some very nice case reports with that. I've spent 20 years training 
practitioners, and they would rather get patients better than publish papers. So I've got thousands of case reports, but not much in the way of publication. So that's our next well, step. We are go. coming to a close right now. So I would like to tell our audience, uh, check this out, uh, consult with your physician, uh, do your research, and so you can help yourself and others, and be well. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.